Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I guess that's my cue, isn't it? (laughs) It's 634 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you the rest of the way. Reed Wilkins going to jump in the passenger seat here momentarily. I'll remind you, of course, that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. 15 Edmonton area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer. Head online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. They are welcoming the Ottawa Senators, as we know, and just got a thorough rundown from uh, the Sens GM in Steve Steos. Let's get an Oilers perspective now from defenseman Matthias Ekholm. He sat down one-on-one with Bob earlier today. Matthias, the team is on a uh, 14 and 3 run here. Uh, your this is the best uh, points percentage in the league uh, since November the 24th at 8:24. Best goal differential. The goalie stopping the puck. Five on five plays really good. Just a thought on: Is this more like the team that you thought, or is there some things that have happened here that's helped elevate this group collectively? Absolutely. I think this is the standard we should hold ourselves to, and I think the start was not nowhere near where we all wanted to be and uh, took a bit of time, but as you're saying, we're not even halfway through yet, and, and now we're finding our stride, and I uh, we're keep climbing the standings, so um, I think there, I feel like the big difference has just been the, con- it's all aspects have contributed a little bit more. We have, obviously, Stuart and Calvin has been a little bit better in that. We've played better as defensemen. I feel like we're breaking out the pucks better. I feel like the forwards has been more responsible on the defense, not letting up rushes against, because that was a big problem in the in the beginning, and, and obviously our offensive numbers are through the roof, so I feel like it's it's not just the one thing that you can pinpoint where it's like, oh, that guy got so much better, or whatever. I feel like it's a collective uh, racing of the bar in here, and racing the standards, and uh, right now it's about keeping everybody accountable and, and, and uh, not get 
complacent or in any means because we got a lot of work to do still. Jay did a good job. So did Mance. Uh, that said, Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey since coming here, the team's 16-6. and six. Other than using the middle of the ice on transition and maybe limiting how many players are used on the penalty kill, to me those are obvious is that even a dummy like me could pick up. What, what, what do you think has been a, a like, has there been a consistent messaging from them? Has it been a calmness? From, what, what, what do you think maybe have they done that's kind of helped things a bit? Because uh, you talked it's been a combination of factors that's got the orders going here. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hard question to answer because I think what we're seeing right now is also part of what Jay and Mance did too. I think they put a, a really good emphasis on, on the, especially I can just speak for Mance and, and Koff, and I see them as Mance was a really, really strong defensive-minded coach where his strength was in the defense and playing hard and not like giving up chances and to be uh, taught that for years with him and then get to a guy like Koff who knows everything about seeing the ice, making the plays. Um, I really do think that there was a combo there of like if we would have been straight to Koff or straight to Mance, I, th- I feel like it would have been a different thing. I think right now where you know everybody in there knows how to play defense because Mance taught that and then you get a guy that's, hey guys, we still make plays here, we still make this because it can get lost sometimes and, and that's not on the coach, it's, not, it's the players too sometimes. You, you just want to play a really good defense, but when Koff has come in here, made us look up eyes, made us always make a play, not just punt it away. It's been a really good transition that way when, when you go from a defensive to an offensive more minded coach. Um, that has helped us as D-men a lot, and I think overall they've they looked at the obviously rush chances we had against early on, and, and forwards are doing a way better job tracking. I feel like we're, as D-men, doing a bit better job holding gaps, surfing up, and, and directing traffic. All right, you played 67 games now between the regular season and playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers, plus 37 and 55 games in the regular season. Obviously, the playoff run. The other night, Connor McDavid, five-point performance. I mean, four primary systems, and those were beautiful goals. Do you ever just? And I know you're out in the ice and you got to do your thing. Do you ever just kind of, I don't know, do you, like after every game, I go back and watch the highlights of the game. Do you ever just kind of shake your head and go, "Wow"? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's funny how the time difference back home, and, and I, we have a group chat, all my buddies, and I just texted in that group chat after the game. I was like, you guys, when you have breakfast this morning, just check the highlights, and you'll see a, the best player in the world do his thing, because it was just him taking taking his will on that team. He was so good, and, and he's creating all these plays from left and right, and yeah, unbelievable. I, I mean, there's no words to describe how, how what an impact he has, not only on our team, but like even both the guys that he's playing with and against when he's out on the ice because everybody knows it like everybody else gets more space because they know Connor's out there they know they got to play defense and I've been on the underside of that and I know it's a thing so to be able to be out there with him too a lot of times and me and Bush have been fortunate enough to, to play a lot with him here lately so it, it gives you more room it gives you more space out there and, and I feel like that is just a, such a great compliment as you can get as a player when you make other players better. And the final question, Matthias, I have for you is about Evan Bouchard because uh, right now you guys are uh, one, two in either Corsi, Fenwick, or an expected goals for five on five in the entire league. Uh, so that says something. That's a good thing. Uh, he's obviously taken a step. You've gotten healthier, which I think is probably a bit of a factor for yourself as well. Just what do you what do you see in Evan? I mean, because you came from an organization in Nashville that knew how to develop defensemen. Yeah, he's taken 
I don't know if he's. I, th I thought he was as good last year too. To be honest, when he got when I got here, I could, it blew my mind how he wasn't a point per guy or point per game guy <clears throat> already. But he's he's matured defensively. I feel like the the, the early goings so of this year, we, we gave up way too much. I th maybe we thought it was going to be a little bit easy, just like it was. We played really well last year, obviously in the end. And um, coming into this year, maybe we thought oh, it's going to be easy. It's it's whatever. And uh, we gave up way too much defensively. We've had. Uh, um, talk a lot. I feel like that's his biggest asset. When we come back to the bench after every shift, we analyze, we talk. What do we think there? What do we can do? What can we do there? Um, and and I feel that right now we're we're a good tandem that thinks alike, knows what we are trying to do out there, help each other, and uh, he's got all the offensive instincts you can ever ask for. I never ever tell him what to do offensively. I just let him do his thing and um, try to help him out defensively, and, and I feel like so far we've uh, we've had a, a, a good stretch, And, and uh, but again, we're, we're not even halfway through it yet, so we got a lot of, a lot of games left, and, and we need to keep the play up because obviously we're in a position where we need to win games. That is Matthias Ekholm of the Edmonton Oilers and let's just circle back around to what he said about Evan Bouchard there and the partnership they're forging certainly benefiting Bouchard look no further than the stat sheet but uh, not as evident in terms of the mistakes being made that sort of thing Bouchard talking about that relationship today I think communication skills and uh, you know on the ice we kind of know where each other are going to be we know our habits our tendencies and I think uh, like I said just communicate on the bench you know what uh, when he likes to puck here where he likes it where he likes to be where I like to be I think it's uh, you know something that's really good to have and something that's made our game grow a lot Bouchard, 36 points in 35 games. He's a plus two, which is remarkable now considering how deep down the uh, depths and into, into the depths of despair that stat was for him once upon a time. Matthias Ekholm sitting there at plus nine. So you see things uh, working for this team. That is certainly one of them. Reed Wilkins is in the studio. We'll press pause here, bring it back on Oilers now to close out the week. A tee-up of this game against Ottawa tomorrow night with Escott and Wilkie. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brendan Escott, Reed Wilkins, closing out a week with you here on Oilers Now. There is a hockey game tomorrow evening on these very same airwaves. 8 p.m. puck drop calls for a 6.30 face-off show, and the man sitting in front of me will be hosting that face-off show ahead of an all-Canadian matchup, which I'm always definitely in favor of, Reed. Uh, yes, and Ottawa has loved coming to 
Rogers Place. Mm. Now, here's the caveat for that. Games at Rogers Place not played during the 56-game All-Canadian Division season. The Oilers had not beaten Ottawa until last season. <laughs> but uh, but the Oilers beat them every game uh, during the 56-game season. So Ottawa was unbeaten in Rogers Place in a quote-unquote normal season until last year. This year, Ottawa is in the basement of the Eastern Conference, which I was surprised to learn, but they are now a whole six points clear of Columbus. I don't think either of those teams are in action tonight. No, they're not. No. So uh, that that's surprising enough to see. That said, I mean, things don't often carry from one game to the next, and particularly when you've got the excitement and the fervor of the All-Canadian matchup going at a place like Rogers, for example. Um, I, I'm always excited, and I have to admit that Brady Kachuk, outside of, of Edmonton, yeah. is probably my favorite hockey player in oh, the really? NHL to to watch i love the old school mentality i love the way he approaches being a captain and a leader and he's really hard to miss out on the ice not only because of his stature but because of his behavior so i i, I look forward to it and that's probably not music to the ears of oilers no well they got i mean the the kachucks are players i i think you don't like them but if you had them on your team you'd be fine with that <laughs> For for sure, and uh, Brady was tangled up with Evander Kane in that uh, tilt to sort of reintegrate Kane into things uh, coming off the injury last season. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's interesting that you mentioned the All Canadian matchups at Rogers Place. I think Ottawa though has the quietest vibe. I mean, it's not that's fair, it, but yeah, there there will be. I I would wonder there there were a lot of Flyers fans in Rogers in uh, Studio ninety nine before the game on Tuesday, and they are a popular team. I mean, for they're an original twelve team, if you want to put it that way. They won Stanley Cups in the seventies, so they they won some fans over that way for sure. And the way they play generally throughout their history can attract fans who like that uh, that caliber of hockey. So I, I wonder if I'll notice because I I felt like. Now, Studio 99 is not everybody, but there, I was surprised how many Flyers jerseys were in Studio 99. I wasn't surprised that there were Flyers jerseys, but there seemed like a lot. I wonder if the Senators fan participation will be comparable. It seems like we have very good uh, jersey coverage regardless of who's here. But you're right. It seemed like there was a lot of orange in the crowd mm -hmm. to be expected when the Oilers and Flyers yeah. face off. Uh, but it also got loud, in my opinion, on those couple of Flyers goals. Yeah. So there was some people in the house cheering. And there was last night as well, not for a hockey game, but for the skills competition. You were there, Reed. Take us inside the building for what was uh, the Oilers Skills Comp 2024. Well, it's a much it's a it's a young crowd, right? I mean, in yeah. general, there are a lot of families and kids there that the, the tickets are quite affordable. Uh so you get people into the stands with their families. It's it started at 7, but it's not going to take as long as a normal game. I mean, it's a couple hours max. Uh, most of the, most and I, you know, covered several over the years. Most of them don't last even 2 hours. And then you have the I, I mean, the events, I, I, I'm not, this is kind of a put-down type word, but I don't necessarily mean it that way, but the events are gimmicky, 
right? So there's a certain curiosity, and plus there's little tweaks. Like I was talking about last night, how fastest skater is not a timed lap. It's three quarters of a lap, and your top speed is your score, right? So you could actually go quite slowly. <laughs> <laughs> for a while, but then if you could hit a top speed, right. that would be, uh, though the guy who probably would have had the fastest lap won it anyway, and that was Ryan McLeod. But again, every player is not in every event. So McDavid, and McDavid doesn't do it anymore, right? He doesn't do fastest skater because he's got really, he's got nothing to win there, I guess. No, <laughs> the and, the, and so, the Oilers so, and, and McDavid and you and I and everybody listening right now has an awful lot to lose if he does participate in yeah, that event. So, uh, but they had, like, I, I still find the fastest skater interesting. I find the accuracy shooting interesting, though they changed it this year. So it was, you weren't getting a pass. There was just a bunch of pucks in the slot and you fired them at the targets and you were competing directly against another guy shooting at the same targets. And I still find the hardest shot interesting. Some of the other stuff, the breakaway shootout, whatever. It's fun. It's 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 fluffy, but it's it's not as interesting. And as much as I love dogs, uh, the rough rough relay is just a bit of a silly diversion. Though so congratulations to Hugo Cece. <laughs> Did uh, Leonard participate? I think this Leonard year? got disqualified. Oh, yeah. He goes Full to disclosure, I didn't crown. stay for the dogs. Okay, the dogs, but that's the word on the street. I, well, Morley had some tape in there that he got DQ'd. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So, in all seriousness, they return to action after another lull, and we talked about this at the beginning of the show. A lull in the schedule, certainly not a lull in the way that they've been playing. Do you expect that they will be able to emerge from yet another spell of four days off and and just hit the ground running the way that they did yes, against Carolina and, and the other? Yes, I do, yeah. because they've showed it this year. There's a consistency to how they're playing. And that's, and that's what I was saying to Bob earlier. If you look at these 17 games, I would say they have played, well, they've won 14. They've been in 16 of them. They did not have a good night against the Florida Panthers. They got beat. They got outworked, and they lost. Tampa Bay, okay, they outshot Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky was great. They couldn't get a stop or two when they needed in the third period. They lost that game. And even that Islanders game, they didn't have a great night, but I, I don't think they were horrible. And, you know, it was one of those games where one team is a few percent I would say the Islanders were a f- couple percentage points better than the Oilers and they got the win so they've been playing pretty consistently you know they've been uh, usually starting well if they if they haven't they haven't fallen far behind and they've shown that they can bounce back into games and clearly most games they outshoot and outchance the opponent. I mean, the, there's not a lot of empty calories with their shots. They are getting more scoring chances. I thought Philadelphia was a good example. I mean, Philadelphia, I thought Philadelphia worked hard, um, but the Oilers just had more chances. And Carter Hart had a pretty darn good game yeah. and still got beaten five times. Yeah, exactly. That one at a certain point was was not in doubt, and a, a point probably a lot earlier than we would have gotten used to. Let's just highlight this as well. Ottawa comes in with the league's worst penalty kill, at least as it's listed right now, at 71.9%. That could be a serious detriment for them if things do uh, take anything but a disciplinary tone out of the gates. And with guys like Vander Keen out there and Brady Kachuk, I wouldn't bet on a ton of discipline. In that vein of thinking, 
Who do you think leads the Oilers in penalty minutes this season? I should know this for sure since I look at the stats almost daily, but I don't <laughs> know this particular one. I'll say Evander Kane. Logical choice, right? And he is, in fact, second, but two more penalty minutes than Evander Kane <laughs> have been accrued by Leon Dreisaitl really? this year. Well, I think Kane has in the 40s. Yes. So what does Dreisaitl have? So 46 PIMS for Evander in 34 games, and 48 PIMS for Dreisaitl in one Did Dreisaitl game. have a misconduct this year? I can't remember. Because that's a lot of minor penalties. For Dreisaitl, did he have? Did he get a misconduct yeah, this year? I don't. I can't remember. I, I'd he, have to double Kane check. definitely has at least one misconduct. Dreisaitl has not had a fight. I'm sure he did. Now, I, now, I'm, this makes for terrible radio when I'm flipping back here, game by game. But uh, that does seem to ring. I, a bell. I don't know if he did. So he's taken that many minor penalties. Wow, that's crazy. Ten minute misconducts against Anaheim. 10-minute misconduct. Oh, he got one when Woodcroft got thrown out of the game. Yeah, it's where he's had two misconducts? What was the other game? The Vancouver game and... And Anaheim. Recently, like two games ago. In the 7-2 game... He got a 10-minute misconduct. Dreisaitl did. 12 minutes in penalties. I don't even remember that. Was it at the end of the game? Does it say? I, wow, that's shows you how well I remember stuff. All right. Well, so that's why it's added up. All right. I have to sneak in this day in Oilers history, but quickly tell me, who's coming up tonight? Morley Scott to talk about the Elks' likely quarterback change. Macbeth! Out damn spot. And uh, an Emirates Mashmeyer, oh, a Bruderheim nice. native from Ottawa on the PWHL. Pride of Bruderheim. Right on, Reed. I appreciate you swinging by here. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. They've got that exclusive four-night road trip to see the Oilers play the Stars. In April, you're going to Dallas. Look, I ran out of music bed. We're going back to 1998 when the Oilers traded Jason Arnett and Brian Meir to the Devils. Picked up Bill Guerin, Valeri Zelopukin. That was a pretty important trade, if you look back on that one. Um, tomorrow, we've got the Oilers and Senators. It's an 8 o'clock puck drop. i got to get off to the news. Zach Ferguson will read you the headlines. It's Brendan Escott here. Have a great weekend. We'll chat tomorrow.